Welcome to episode 32 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my friend and frequent contributor, Katie Chastain. Today we'll be chatting about establishing a reading rhythm, what you read and when you read it, and we'll be sharing what we're reading right now. Before we get started, just a reminder that you can follow The Bookshelf on all kinds of social media forums and areas. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville. Um, And then the best way, I think, to get in touch with us is through Instagram or Twitter at BookshelfTville. And you can find full episodes of the podcast not only on iTunes, but at www.bookshelfthomasville.com, where you also can shop with us online. Hey, Katie. Hey, Annie. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Good. Excited to talk about reading rhythms today. I think that's a fun topic. I think so, too. And I think it's fun for summer, too, when maybe even non-readers are reading more Uh um, to give them an idea of... I don't know how to, I was thinking, how do you set up your reading queue, like your Netflix queue? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I guess to get started, um, how, do you, how many books do you read in a month? And like, mm. yeah. And do you have a plan going into reading <laughs> or which I, this is, <laughs> I, Annie's judging right now. She's thinking my personality type. No, she has no plan. It's so haphazard. They get done. They don't get done. Yeah. Tell me how you read. Um, serendipitously. Okay. So I think would probably be the way to describe it. Um, I probably read about four or five books a month. Yeah. Um, I probably read about four or five books at a time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, at different times of the year. So when we were talking about reading, when you propose this idea of reading rhythms, I guess my first thought was seasons of reading. Yeah. Um, because they are different. They are. For sure. They are. And I think I read different at different times of the year. And you're right. Summertime okay. is an interesting time to talk about reading rhythms. Yeah. Um, so during the summer, I find myself reading a lot of nonfiction because I'm sort of stepping back more from professional life. Mm-hmm. And especially now that I'm back into teaching more and have more of a teacher's schedule. Mm-hmm. And so I love to think about career and professional life when I'm not steeped in it. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, and so... Other than, like, the occasional beach weekend where I'm going to read a right. lot of fiction. Right. Um, so I was in, I've been in a great, like, <laughs> series of nonfiction books this summer okay. that are just totally inspiring. And so, and I tend to build on, so, like, um, I think the first one that I read this summer was, maybe even late spring, was A Path Appears. Yeah. And I may have talked about that on the podcast by the author's of half the sky. Yes. And um, it kind of talks about how to make positive social change in the world and do that effectively mm-hmm. and what um, <laughs> such an idealist book. But yeah. So loved that. And then from that, there were several book suggestions in there. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kind of picked from there. Yeah. And so it's been this windfall, and I keep reading these good books recommended within other okay. books. And yeah. so then I picked up um, from there Ken Robinson's yes. um, book on creative schools. And then he recommended okay. his ones on the element and finding your element. Okay. And th- those are actually two. So I did three Ken Robinson books in, in a row. row. Um 
Yeah, and then from the and then he recommended Design for Change by Tim Brown, and it's okay. using design thinking to transform organizations. Okay, so you're just kind of following. I don't know, the path that the books yeah. give you, I guess. Yeah, so that's kind of, and, and I think in nonfiction, I tend to do that. Fiction, I totally rely on the bookshelf recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you slipped you me. <laughs> um, so I think the last one you slipped me that I really loved um, was a oh, was advanced it reader. Reader? This um, is your life. Yes. Harriet Chance. There you go. I think, yeah. Um, so no, this good. is your life, Harriet Chance. It was just a fun, light read yeah. from an older lady's perspective. Yeah, um, which I think is rare, so I enjoyed that one too. Yeah. Um, but, and sorry, I, no, I want to hear more about your reading rhythms, and this is my last thought on that. Um, I do like to always have a fiction and a nonfiction going okay. at the time. At one time, my problem with fiction is it's so disruptive for life because once I start it, I'll stay up all night Mm -hmm. and then I'll be thrown off for a few days. So I tend to like be a consumptive, I don't know if that's a word, reader of fiction. You know, I'd be curious to know too. So I was reading, I think I've mentioned her before on the podcast, but Modern Mrs. Darcy is this big reader, reading blogger, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But she really, she writes really well and she has some pretty entertaining and informative um, stuff. But she wrote one time about fiction and how she had to stop reading in bed because she would just stay up too late and it would disrupt her next day. Whereas, and I read that and thought, well, that's just my life. Like, like (laughs) when I have children, Uh like that's the thing, like I don't have kids right now, so maybe I don't have to worry about it as much. But to me, it's like my version, I think of being hungover. Like just the, yeah, like just the, it it is what it is. Like, Uh you know, because that's when I find the time to read. So that was another question I had for you because this woman um, modern Mrs. Darcy, her name's Anne Bogle, I think. Um, she just said she had to give up reading in bed. And I thought, if I gave up reading in bed, I don't know when I would read. Right. Um, so I was able to have much of the day off yesterday, a Monday. I either try to work from home or take some time off. And I read a lot on those days uh-huh. during the day. Um and during the summer, I read a lot in the car when we drive places. I'm sure your husband appreciates that. Yeah, yeah. Well, lucky for him, I read some pieces out loud and we can talk together. I'm sure it's great. Um, but so I read in the car and then, you know, I have a book with me wherever I go. Like so that I, if I'm stuck yeah. somewhere, like I can pull it out. Like if I'm at the doctor's office or whatever, I've got a book with me. So though, but the other, but otherwise, the majority of my reading takes place in bed. Uh-huh. And so I was just curious, when do you read? Like when do you find time to read? Oh yeah, I definitely read in bed. Um, I, I probably was like, how every do you night. Not? Yeah, like, yeah. and you know, if it's a page turning piece of fiction, then it is a problem yeah. because that's when I stay up late. But otherwise, like I'm reading a really great book right now. But I had no problem last night finding a stopping point and like finishing up but you know occasionally yeah I'll stay up till one in the morning or yeah or, um, or later yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I also I mean right now the days that I get to be home with the kids at nap time oh my gosh if they go down <laughs> together it is this beautiful time in the middle of the afternoon yeah and I'll tell you what this is my sanctuary time we don't use our living room much um uh-huh. because we have a, a den like tv room right okay. off the kitchen where we kind of play but um I read in the living room every night mm-hmm. and if the kids get bed, that's like my reading room. Oh, I like that. And it that. feels so good to have, to have like a specific space. And it's always refreshing because I'm not looking around thinking, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. Because it's always clean. Yeah, that's you know, a, it's not used. Yesterday I read, you know, it wasn't too hot. I mean, it was pretty hot, but like it was maybe mid morning and I took my book 
out on my front porch mm-hmm. and I left my phone inside oh, because yeah. I do think there is a tendency to pick up your phone or like yes. see what time it is and then yeah. you get sucked down the Instagram hole or whatever. And so I left my phone inside and my front porch is what it is. Like I can't clean it. I can't right. get distracted by clutter or whatever. So I just sat on my front porch and read and it was delightful. So you're right. Maybe having a reading place is important too. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister-in-law said before she had kids, she used, she had a chair in the room where that was like the designated feeding spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where she was going to breastfeed. And I was never that, you know, yeah. programmed to do that. But yeah, having places for things I think does you know, inculcate, I don't know, I'm making up all kinds of, it inspires <laughs> habits. Really good. <laughs> inculcate, uh, that one. I don't know. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think a special place is a good thing. Um, um, makes me feel good about it. So I talked, I mentioned having a reading cue. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you kind of read, which honestly, I like how you read. I don't know if I could do that anymore because of the bookshelf. Yeah, like, can't. Yeah, like, that sounds interesting to me. For example, um, I read Dead Wake by Eric Larson, which was about the sinking of the Lusitania. Uh-huh. And I immediately finished it and said, I want to read a biography of Woodrow Wilson. Like, I'm oh, totally fascinated. Yeah. Well, then, did I? No, because I had a stack on my nightstand. Yeah. Or, I mean, and I literally have a stack on my nightstand, a stack inside my nightstand a stack on my work desk like there is a stack everywhere I go in case I'm ever at a loss as to what to read next and I want to read the biography of Woodrow Wilson so like I love that idea of following the reading path where it leads you um but I feel like as a bookseller I have to kind of try to stay on top of what's coming right and so like this summer I'm reading a lot of advanced reader copies Mm -hmm. and We'll see if that helps me, you know. Well, lucky for you, you're a fast reader, and so you can keep up pretty fast. But I do think um, when I'm in a reading rut, and maybe that's something I'd be interested to hear about is how you get out of a reading rut. Yeah. um, Because I think that can really be disruptive to your rhythm. But for me, a lot of times reading ruts happen when I have so many choices. Yes. And or I'm and I'm going between them and I'm not finishing anything. Yeah. Um, So like my way out of a reading rut is just to like sit down and finish a book. A and, book. And book clubs can be great for that because yeah. it's like, okay, I have to finish this by this date. Right. Um, yeah, most of the time that's good. <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, sometimes I just ignore the book club, the book completely. But yeah, I. so that's funny you should ask that because I was scrolling through my Instagram or maybe my Twitter feed the other day and um, a Twitter, Instagram person that I follow specifically for her book recommendations, she admitted that she was stuck in a reading rut. Mm-hmm. And um, I jokingly tweeted her and I said, well, watch a show on Netflix and then try again. Like, and because sometimes that's what I do. Like I'll, I'll go watch a show for a little bit. Like if it's just not happening for me, yeah. um, it's very hard for me not to finish a book. Um, like, well, I won't say the name, but I was reading a book uh, last week and it, I wasn't feeling it, but I'm stubborn. And I was like, now I do kind of want to know what happens. Didn't really think it was that great. Thought it was pretty predictable, but was determined to finish it. So I just sat down and I was like, I'm going to finish this book. And I don't care how long it takes me, but I'm going to do that today. Um, So on the one hand, that's what I do. On the other hand, there are times when I think you put the book that's that's not that you're not feeling you put put it aside and you pick up I think an easy read so okay. whatever that might be for you uh-huh. so for me I'm not I'm not even meaning like guilty pleasure reading I'm just meaning um, a book that you've been looking forward to or a fast-paced fiction that you know you're gonna uh-huh. speed through um, because 
then if you're like me, just the feeling of success, like can power you through to something else. So I'll compare it to my new non-existent hobby that I'm trying to form. (laughs) Um, so I took a knitting class back in February, uh, March or something at our local yarn shop, the fuzzy goat. And it was a great class. Took it with my mom as her birthday gift. Thought it was super fun. Never picked it up again. Just didn't. I mean, did it? Surprise! Enjoyed that it. Sound like you. And well, and I was like, I don't have time for this, and because it uses your hands, and I'm gonna be read like I'm gonna be reading if I have right. spare time. Okay, so I put it to the side. Also, though, part of the reason I didn't pick it up was so I had done a lot. Well, then in this knitting class, they take it completely apart for you to start back over. And that just didn't appeal to me at all. I was like, wait a minute, I worked so hard Um, because they want to show you like multiple types of stitches or whatever. Anyway, I went into the shop last week and Cadence, the shop owner, who is wonderful and adorable, she had on this beautiful kind of yarn necklace kind of thing out of fabric strips. And anyway, she showed it to me and I was like, I want to make that. And if I can make that, then I think I will be sold on knitting. Truly. Uh-huh. Like, if I don't if I don't finish it, I'm Something. not interested. Yes. So she gave this to me. I'm going to actually go to her this week to finish it up in the store, which I think oh, is really fun. helpful. Yeah. Um, but I worked on it this weekend because I actually had a goal. And that sounds so silly, but so that's why I feel like similarly... Because now I'm ready to maybe do something else knitting-wise uh-huh. because I finished something. Yeah. And so if I'm stuck in a reading rut, sure, I might turn on Netflix and like watch a dumb show for a couple of hours or whatever. But mostly what I probably do is put that book aside and go read something quick, uh-huh. something in my mind that's a little easier. And then I might go back to the book that got me in the reading rut to begin with. Or I am learning that it's okay to put a book down if you don't like it. Um, that's hard for me, but I'm learning that, you know, and I don't have to read them all. Well, that goes right in with brain research, what, what brain research tells us and what (laughs) our habit book tells us about how to make good habits. You know, um, yeah. When you want to come up with your next great idea, if you've been working on something so persistently, you have to step away. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Take a break. Let those neurons focus on other things, go different directions and then come back. Um, and you'll have, yeah. And you might be, I was about to say, you might be able to go back to the book that you thought you were having trouble with. And fly through it. Yeah. Um, and when I was in high school, um, they assigned Pride and Prejudice. And I started and I was like, I can't do this. And I didn't. I didn't read it again till I think, or I didn't pick it up again till maybe my senior year of high school. Me. Yeah. And then guess what? Started it, couldn't put it down, loved huh. it. Still think it's one of my favorite books. But at yeah. the time, I, I don't know. So it must be about where we are in life and what that looks like. Um, But anyway, and you mentioned distractions a little while back, and I don't know if we've talked about on this podcast, you had sent me a, was another podcast about the way people read differently online versus a physical book. Yes. Um, And I thought this was so fascinating and maybe in the show notes, you can link to that if we haven't already done that. Yeah. It was Um, a great episode. But it is so important to me to make time for actual physical books. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of that is because I can tell my scatterbrainness going haywire when I haven't actually finished a book. And right. there's just something about like thinking linearly and thinking completely about something mm-hmm. when you're reading a physical book versus a constant like Annie unfortunately turned me on to Twitter and I love it. (laughs) But it's constant. Like you're constantly clicking and and clicking out of and going down rabbit holes and um, which is fun. Like I, I like Twitter for those reasons. Um, But I do think 
there is something I tell Jordan, I can tell when I'm in a reading rut because I don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. And what I really think is happening is so much of what we do at the bookshelf is a little chaotic and like Mm -hmm. there's a lot happening and there's a lot to juggle and balance. And reading is something I can sit down and it can train my brain. Like I can refocus. And I don't think that happens when I'm reading online. Um, and I, you know, I always tell customers if if reading through ebook is really what you're comfortable doing, I mean, I'm not going to judge you for that. I can't. I, I just feel like I look at a screen so much during my day that mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is try to read a full book um, on my phone. Or, right. You know. And they mentioned um, the benefits of memory with a physical book, and mm-hmm. I think I'm a very visual person, and mm-hmm. so. Um, they did some studies and showed that, especially if a book is written chronologically, mm-hmm. that the uh, reader will remember the chronology a lot better if they're reading the physical book yeah. versus the e-reader. Um, and gosh, I need that because I cannot keep dates in my mind. Yeah. You know, I can't keep stuff in my mind, but if I can visually see it and visually kind of yeah. remember this was at the beginning of the book versus the end of the book, right. I'm a lot better off. Yeah. And I think that's true, I don't know, with keeping up with characters and all kinds of mm-hmm. other things. Like a book I was reading this week, I had to keep flipping back and forth. Oh, not yeah. in a bad way, but just I w- wanted to be familiar. And I was like, how would somebody do this on, on an e-book? e-book? Like, I really don't know. Oh, my gosh. The Brothers Karamazov. <laughs> I think, yeah, I had, I, I needed those pages dog ears. Yeah, you know, to, to like go back. character references. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Okay, so you did talk about you do read more than one book at a time. So you try to read a fiction and nonfiction at least. Like, right, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I used to do a fiction and a nonfiction at a time. And then I don't know if it was just because I... So I was reading prior to the bookshelf four or five books a month, like a book a week, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a pretty great uh, place to be. Like, I think that's a good number of books we're reading. Now I'm reading eight to ten books a month, which is a lot. And so mm-hmm. to in order though to keep up that volume, I've stopped reading one I'm I've stopped reading two at a time and started reading just one at a time so that I can finish and move on to the next one. Um, so I don't know, it just depends on what works for you and how much time you have, but I liked reading a fiction and a nonfiction at once. And sometimes you're right, something like serendipitous would happen and they'd have to do with each other. And so I always liked when that magic kind of happened too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so right now I do just read one book at a time. Um, but I don't read like you do, I guess, where I follow the reading path. Instead, I've got these stacks like that I know, okay, what comes next? Um, but I try to alternate between fiction and nonfiction or between like heavy reading and light reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell an anecdote real quick about, really quickly about, um, so a couple of weeks ago, I read Station Eleven, um, which I hope you're going to read soon for our book club. Yeah. Um, but it was I don't even have... It was just magnificent. It was one of the best books I've read in a very long time. Um, I loved it. And beautifully written, impeccably written. I thought the pacing was near perfect. Like, just really well done. So I finished it. um, And we were at the lake with Jordan's family. And I finished it and was ready. I thought, okay, that was really literary. So I'm going to read The Royal We, which is this kind of fiction. It's definitely fiction, and it's but it's almost a retelling of, like, the William and Kate love story. But a couple of customers had recommended it. I keep seeing it online, getting rave reviews, like, as a beach read. So I thought this will be great. Well, I started it, and I think it's a perfectly great book. Like, I think it's huh. a fine uh-huh. book. But I think I was still in Station Eleven world, and my brain 
was like, this is too like like this is yeah, whereas I up. exactly like whereas I think if I had read it later, I probably would have had a completely different reading experience of it. Yeah, but, that's hard to follow. Yeah, and so you have to be careful, I think, when you read a book like Station Eleven to follow it with something. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the book I read after the Royal We was um, Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. He's a comedian. Um, he's on Parks and Recreation. He plays Tom Haverford. <laughs> but and I thought it was going to be this really funny book about romance, but instead he partnered with a sociologist and it's really all about technology and how it's affecting our dating lives and our other relationships. It's fascinating. It's very well done, super intelligent, loved it. And I thought if I had read this after Station Eleven, those topics are so different. The writing style is so different. It would have been fine. Um, So I feel bad. I feel badly for the royal we because (laughs) I just didn't get it as much as some other people I love and respect got it. And I think that's strictly because I read it after Station Eleven. So setting up your reading queue, I think, is important for knowing. That's probably very true. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, I think I read a long time ago with, um, in probably some crazy parenting book, is when you're taking your kids to the library, picking out a poetry book, a history book, Uh you know, the fiction books that they want, and getting kind of a wide range. Yeah, a wide range of types and, um, you know, go to each section of the area. And so poetry is one that I kind of leave out, but I put in for my kids. And like when we're doing, we're reading at night, um, we will read poetry at Mm -hmm. night, you know, once a week or whatever. Um, And I do think that that is such a great, I wish I did it in my own reading. Mm -hmm. And I've tried in the past, but just don't. Keep it up. Yeah, but I can understand uh, kids' poetry. (laughs) (laughs) A little more doable in the evenings. And I guess I'd recommend one that the bookshelf has, especially for really little ones, is um, Poems and Lullabies. Um, yes, I think you're right. I can't. It's I a really pretty blue cover. I know that's helpful. <laughs> I'll put it in the show um, notes. But that's a great one for the wee ones and, and pretty pictures that they, they like to look at, too. Yeah, so. which I always like, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move into what you're reading right now. Okay, so I am just finishing that Design for Change by okay. Tim Brown. Okay. Um, so his company is IDEO, I-D-E-O. Okay. And they're basically consultants for almost every large corporation, it seems like. Okay. Um, and, and kind of help companies and organizations strategize and think not just about one product, but about who your consumers are, how do they use your product, how do they use your service, how can you serve Okay. You know, what's your greater purpose in your organization? So, um, really liking that. And I have had to like bar station 11 from <laughs> my reading queue because we leave for the mountains tomorrow. Okay. And, um, that That's will be my be mountain book. main read. Yeah. Um, so, oh gosh, yeah. I hope you like it. Um, well, I just finished, um, kitchens of the great Midwest. It's an advanced reader copy. It's coming out at the end of July though. So everybody will have it in their hands soon. Um, this is by J. Ryan Stradle. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Um, it is my favorite book of the year, aside from Station Eleven. <laughs> so Station Eleven is technically a 2014 publication, so I never can figure out what am I allowed to say, like what's my favorite book of the year. I don't know. So I love Station Eleven, um, but Kitchens of the Great Midwest is my favorite book thus far published this year. Um, it's very different from Station Eleven. They're not similar at all, um, but it follows um, this story of a woman who kind of is obsessed with food and it follows her literally from birth through life but you don't get her perspective really you get 
you know, the story from the aunt's perspective or from the oh, dad's funny. perspective. Um, it flows beautifully. Um, the, they, the author has just woven together this beautiful story. Um, and food plays a big part. And also, if you live in the Midwest, I think this, I don't know why you wouldn't read this book because it takes you to that setting completely. Huh. So you're enmeshed, I guess, um, let's see anyway Lutheran churches must play a big part in Midwest growing up and it talks about the churches and um I don't know just even the their dialogue and and their nationality like where these people came from anyway it's just really well done loved it it's coming out July 28th um and I really gosh even if you're not a foodie even if you're not from the Midwest you're gonna love it well how could Midwesterners are one of my favorite demographics can they be a demographic <laughs> yeah. because I love Midwesterners yeah the earth. I'm, ma- I'm mailing this one to a friend of mine who lives in Chicago like I just it's so good um and I don't really know in fact a friend of mine I posted it to Instagram yesterday and she texted me and she was like I'm gonna want one of those order one for me and then we talked to each other on the phone yesterday and she was like so what's it about and I was like I can't really say, like, yeah. because I'm afraid to give away too much because it's truly kind of magical how it's all woven together. Oh, I um, can't wait to read but it. it's so good. So, okay, so I read that, and then I'm reading now Fates and Furies. It's the new Lauren Groff book, um, and she, um, let's see, she wrote a collection of short stories, um, delicious edible birds or something. I can't remember now. Delectable edible birds. Anyway, <laughs> and then um, Arcadia was mm-hmm. her previous fiction. Anyway, this book is so wonderful. It's about a marriage um, between these two people who marry when they're 22. And I love it because the first part talked about his growing up in Central Florida. Oh. And I always find it interesting when books portray Florida correctly. Uh-huh. Um, and this one has done that. And then... I mean, um, pure white trash cracker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's... Well, there's an element of that, but, like, the, just where it's not just palm trees and yeah. beaches. Uh-huh. Um, because Florida is that, but it's not just that. And I think the, I think Central Florida is so interesting, and it yeah. has a wide variety of characters. Yanalasa Writing Camp for Girls. Yanalasa Writing Camp for Girls also did that, really portrayed um, Central Florida well. But... Um, it's just about this marriage, and I think we're going to follow it. I'm only halfway through, but I, I guess we're following them through the years. Beautifully written, really literary, but I would assume if you like her previous work, you will like this. Um, anyway, Chris at the shop already has dibs on my advanced reader after I'm finished. Um, I kind of fought him for it yeah. um, when it came out of the box. But anyway, it's so good. It doesn't come out until September, um, but well worth the wait. I just really liked it. We'll see at the end if it's one of my favorites. I don't know. <laughs> so much to look forward to. Yes, Yay. so much. Um, okay, so thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Katie. Um, hopefully you all can let us know what your reading rhythm looks like. We are on Facebook, Bookshelf Thomasville, and then Instagram and Twitter at Bookshelf T-Bill. Um, as I said earlier in the show, full episodes of the From the Front Porch podcast can be found both on iTunes and at www dot bookshelf thomasville dot com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.